It's time for Friday Follies, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Hello and welcome back to Culture Shocks. I'm your host, Jekyllin Mould. The advent of video editing and special effects programs and internet delivery systems such as content portals and podcasts have created a micro-cinema revolution the world over. Representing unparalleled freedom and creativity to filmmakers, one of the most popular genres in this new visual milieu is the fan film, a short, low-budget narrative set within an existing pop culture universe such as Star Trek, The Matrix, James Bond, and far and away the most popular, Star Wars. However, this new movement is not without controversy among the film's creators. Uh, uh, my guest today is a young filmmaker and a fan uh, uh, by the name of Alvin Gilstrap, uh, otherwise known as um, Moff Moff Jer- Moff Moff Jedrod. He was he oversaw the construction of the Death Star in Episode Six. Okay, uh, he was killed at the Battle of Eddor. Oh, when the Death Star exploded, Mister Gilstrap. What exactly is the controversy surrounding the Star Wars fan film community? Well, as a long-standing aficionado of the two Star Wars trilogies, my colleagues and I at our local gaming convention couldn't help but notice the large number of the, I would say the bulk of the of the fan films uh, submitted to the internet uh, violated in some form or another the official canon of, of continuity set forth by the Star Wars films. Uh-huh. George Lucas himself went to great lengths going so far as to revise his earlier visions of his films to establish this official continuity. We believe that anybody who accepts the awesome mantle of responsibility has to contribute in any form, no matter how large or small, to the existing Star Wars universe should conform themselves to a to a program and, and, and to a, a and a, a, an officially sanctioned standardization of technical and narrative orthodoxy to be recognized as a viable and acceptable fad film. Well, this really is a religion for you guys, isn't it? Duh. So what exactly do you plan on doing to rectify the situation then? Well, to that end, I've come up with a citing statement that consists of ten rules of cinematic chastity for Star Wars filmmakers that I call the Dagobah 95 rules. Uh-huh. Incidentally, this is based on another vow of cinematic chastity called the Dogma 95 rules. That I know what the Dogma 95 rules are. All right, are. I'm just checking. Jeez. took me over four hours to explain it to my gaming friends. <sighs> Should I list them off for you? Well, yeah, you're here. You may as well. Okay, I'll just just, uh, make it quick. All right, I will. Okay, number one, uh, uh, no location shooting, blue screen only. It Uh can only be blue screen for fake backgrounds. Uh, Number two, always separate sound, always adding sound in post, no actual use of sound on set. Uh Uh, Number three, only locked down digital... Digital grade cameras uh, only. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, yeah. color and only special lighting. Number five, yeah. uh, always using optical works and filters. Uh, number six, nothing but action, and action should always supersede the story. It should mm-hmm. set only in a galaxy far, far away. That's that's number seven. Uh, number eight, the only genre, of course, can be Star Wars. No, no mixing of genres. Uh-huh. And, uh, number uh, nine, uh, we have to use uh, digital film only. And uh, yeah. number ten, all director credit has to go to George Lucas for coming up with the idea of Star Wars and the first place. So basically, you just took the Dogma 95 rules and reversed them and slapped a Star Wars theme on them. Well, that's not all. I mean, if you really want to be an effective Star Wars movie, you 
have to use officially sanctioned sound effects and special effects generators, and you have to use the, these costume patterns that we sell that we'll have at our website here. Uh-huh. And uh, furthermore, you can get this Bible here that shows exactly what the continuity between the two trilogies is. Uh-huh. And uh, that gets all the names and the spellings right. And, uh, I knew it! Come here, you! I knew it all along. Oh. A mask. How could you, George Lucas? Well, I... What can I say, you know? Just can't leave these things alone. You know, you really ought to be ashamed of yourself. Well, I'm not. I didn't think so either. We'll be right back after this. Thirtieth, two thousand and six. You are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. I am your host, Kyan Chris Conroy, and you are in fact listening, of course, to the comedy podcast Technical Difficulties. And yes, that's right. I said June thirtieth, which is a Friday, and you may have noticed that this show was posted on a Friday instead of its usual Thursday, and that's because I've made a decision. Last week, I took the week off for my birthday. I had a lovely and wonderful birthday. Thank you so much for everybody who sent me emails and said hi and sent me some audio. I've got some audio to play for you a little later on for people who have sent me things. And, um, well, I've, uh, I've got, uh, I've done, uh, well, I've, you know, I've got the show up here. This is the first official show of summer. There would have been last week on the 22nd, but I decided to take that week off because it was my birthday, as I just said. And uh, this week it's on a Friday because I am pushing the show back to Friday. Those of you who listened to the show from the uh, very beginning will remember it started on a Wednesday and then I moved it back to Thursday because I wanted a little extra time during the week. Well, now I've decided to push it back to Friday. Um, I've been planning on doing this for a long time now. It just gives, makes my week a little bit uh, easier to deal with. You know, if I'm, if I'm doing last-minute stuff, I don't want to be doing it on Thursday and then have... It messes my week up if I put it on a Thursday. I should never have. I should have probably had it at the end of the week to begin with. That gives me more time to have continuous time and space to do things during the week, and then not have a day where I have to stop and and record. Because sometimes it takes two days to record a show. It's more mundane than anything. You know, whatever. You know, don't even worry about it. Point is that I hope I don't mess your schedule up by pushing the show back yet another day. But as if you know, if you listen to the show regularly, you know I've been planning this for a while. But I'm yammering too much, and we're going to get on with the show, and I'll be back later to talk to you more about things. And now, here is a public service announcement from the creator of Technical Difficulties. Gee whiz. Oh, little Jimmy, you look down in the mouth. What seems to be the problem? Well, Gramps... I'm too young to be your grandfather. Call me Uncle. Well, Uncle Gramps... That's better. Well, look what happened. Under cover of darkness, my flag was desecrated by leftist vandals. Oh, Jimmy, what a tragedy for both you and America. But you know... That could all be avoided if you just used a constitutional amendment. Really, Uncle Gramp? Relative of mine? What's that? Well, little Billy Bomb, America is the land of the free and the home of the brave, registered trademark. And in this country, we have what's known as a constitution that governs us. 
Its First Amendment dictates that anyone can express themselves pretty much any way they like. Gasp! Even including desecrating old glory, mister? That's right, faithful sidekick, but with a new constitutional amendment, we could fix this. Really? Yes, we could. Here, let me show you how it works with that flag of yours. Okay. You see, the blue field up in the corner here with the 50 stars represents our unity as a nation and our strong sense of history. Uh Uh-huh. The red stripe represents our freedom as granted to us by the Constitution of the United States of America. Oh. But these stains here represent the ideological anarchy that is free speech. Oh. Now, let's try washing your flag in our new constitutional flag protection amendment. Okay. One congressional rinse cycle later. Wow, look at that. The stains are completely gone. You got that right, young lady. Along with the blue field and the red stripe, it's just a big piece of white cloth now. That you can run right up your flagpole to indicate to the entire world that you've surrendered. Keen deal. Thanks for explaining it to me, your holiness. Bless you, my son. You know, America truly is a land of joy and opportunity and freedom. The freedom for you and your family, your precious family, to play cheerful acoustic guitars. But special interest groups that we don't agree with would like to corrupt that vision of America by playing spooky synthesizer music. This November, protect our precious tradition of cheerful acoustic guitars and vote no to spooky synthesizers. This message has been brought to you by the Foundation for Manipulating Americans Through Cheap Tactics. Meanwhile, in Washington, D.C., George. George, where the hell are you? George! (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) Sorry. Just got back from my bike ride. (laughs) Trying to keep trim fit. You figure, you know. (laughs) Connie doesn't like it when I get a little softer in the middle. That's that's great, George. Uh, Uh, Hey, Dick. uh, Dick, you want want a pretzel? (laughs) Low fat, you know. Good for your heart. I thought I told you to be careful with those pretzels. (laughs) Well, you know, guys gotta eat. So, what's up? Uh, We have a problem. We're broke. Well, hold on. I think I got a twenty no, on my pants. No, here. George, George listen somewhere. to me. Listen, listen. We are not out of money. For, we're out of money for the war. Do you understand me? What all of it? Yeah. Congress <laughs> tells us we either have to pull out of the war, or raise taxes. <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake! This is why I don't want you to eat pretzels ever. Hold still. Yeah. Yeah. I can't raise taxes. <laughs> you have any idea what the other members of the Project for New American Century will have done to me? Yeah, I know the feeling we can't pull out of the war either. Otherwise, all the members of the Halliburton shareholders said they'd turn off my mechanical heart. <laughs> well, uh, well, can't we just borrow some more money? No dice. The Japanese and the Chinese have already bought up all our debt. Well, let's just sell some more of our, our natural resources or something. Now they've all been privatized. It's just the American people won't know about that for another two years. Well, what don't we need anymore? Come on, we got to have something we could sell. What, what don't we need? Think. I, I'll tell you what we don't need. We don't need all those blue Democratic states holding us back, like Massachusetts and Minnesota. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> you know, if this had been nothing but a red Republican country, we didn't... Hey. Welcome back to 24-Hour Action News. I'm your host, Slip Zipley. In a surprise statement this morning, the White House announced that the state of Minnesota had been sold to the country of Japan and is now considered a commonwealth of that island nation. American people have got to understand that I I can't have my hands tied. This is not so much a sale of American soil, but a victory strategy. Uh, and war on terror will protect the American people. Uh, progress, uh, hard work, 9-11. Are the people of Minnesota still considered citizens of the United States, Mr. President? <laughs> no, no. They're, they're considered Japanese now, and if they want to come to America, they'll have to go about it in the usual legal way, you know, where they'll have to, have to take the legal action. We will not tolerate uh, alien invasion of our country. I plan on sending National Guard troops to guard, the, to guard the, new, uh, the new Japanese-American border. According to White House Press Secretary Tony Snow, the deal was set for a quote-unquote buttload of money and was brokered by Japanese Ambassador Kenji Komono, who was quoted as being ecstatic. Yeah, I go to Minnesota. It's just so uh, fucking amazing. So I can go Chipotle every every time. So I can go Lake. Then I can uh, p- 
pooping in the lake, then totally must kill mosquito self. Then I'm gonna, you know, kind of, I can eat everything. So I can go to Deja Vu, then I can see nipple, the pussy, damn shit stuff. Can I clitoris? So after that, I can go to Gain 90. Then after that, cut off to my dick, then I'm gonna eat my nuts. So like, mm, can I, yummy? But one of the former American citizens of the former state of Minnesota, now known as the Holy Shit It's Cold Here Prefecture. We interviewed local entrepreneur Oliver Big Swede Olson to get his opinion on the subject. Well, you know, I was understandably shocked this morning when I discovered that I would have to learn an entirely new language, seeing as all the business transactions and street signs would have to be all redone in Japanese. But on the other hand, they also tell me that we're going to have an excellent pension and healthcare system that's been nationalized and we'll have vending machines that will dispense alcoholic beverages and tentacle pornography. Well, what about the socio-political ramifications of this deal, Mr. Olson? Well, there's a large contingent of nationalists who seem to think that the seat of power should return to the emperor and they kind of see their point but on the other hand the parliamentary system has done our country very well and made us a world power in the post-war era no i meant the shock and outrage of your former fellow american citizens when they discovered that the white house would simply sell one of the american states off to a sovereign nation ah well what do you expect from foreigners we'll be right back after this tune in at 9 p.m tonight for american celebrity drunken bingo when it's Lindsay lohan versus tommy lee all right turn that tv off Sorry, boys. All right, this is the big one, boys. We're going to knock that bank over in two hours. So I hope you're all ready. You all know your part in the plan? Um, oh, well, oh, come on, people. We went over this four times yesterday. Come on. it's uh, How many times do we have to do this before you nail down one simple bank job? Well, it's not just the simple bank job part about it, boss. We think your plan might be, well, what? you know, unnecessarily complicated. What do you mean? Well, boss, it's just that you got, like, you know, like we're all wearing matching ties and you yeah. got the chicken suits involved and we yeah. have four changes of getaway cars and that we have to stop to, like, at Baskin Robbins on the way home just to get Rocky Road ice cream, even though none of us like Rocky Road, including you. It's just, it seems like... Uh, I, I, we think, you, we the rest of us think uh, you kind of overthought uh, this crime a little bit too much, boss. <laughs> hey, who's the, hey, hey, who's the boss here, huh? Who? Well, well, you know, it's funny you bring that up because the rest of us formed this gang. We all formed this gang together, but I was the first one here, and I thought, you know, you had the best idea for the crime, so I've let you write the crimes. But then you just sort of took over, you know? All of a sudden, you decided it was your gang, you know? We were going to make it big time. You started shopping us around the syndicates. I got into this for the crime, okay? For the crime, not for the fame and fortune. Is that the way you all feel about it? Yeah, kind of, well, yeah. All right, yeah. fine. I don't need any of you. Right. I'm going to form my own gang, and we'll see who makes it to the top. We'll see. We'll see. And at that point, the kind of the gang just kind of disintegrated. It broke up. We all went our separate ways, and that's how, uh, that's how my life of crime ended there, Pastor Romain. You said this was going to be a testimony as to how you started your new ministry. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I discovered uh, Jesus and stuff. Inspiring. Yeah. Well, now swerving over to our mailbag. Oh, uh, uh, are we done already? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, yes, we are. We're done. Oh. Okay. Leonard, why don't you play our mailbag theme? Hokey dokey. Thank you. Uh, a lot of people have sent in some uh, email uh, asking, how is it that uh, you and Leonard met, Pastor Ermine? Oh, that's a good story. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, for lo- those of you who are longtime listeners to this program, which is, of course, the Apostle Hour with uh, Pastor Chester Ermine, that's me, uh, I've always preferred uh, having a live uh, music playing while I do give, give my inspirationals. Uh, inspirational messages to the audience and uh, so uh, our old keyboard player had uh, had gotten sick and he decided to sort of get out of the whole uh, keyboard live thing and, and uh, I needed a new organ player keyboard player or whatever and so I put an ad in the local newspaper and um, and Leonard showed up and auditioned and uh, and he got the job 
not a terribly interesting story, I'll admit. Uh, not exactly Hollywood material, but... Um, not really, but it didn't stop the screenplay from selling. Well, n- what screenplay? The one I sold to Miramax last year. Didn't I tell you about that? No. It's all about how we met. I, I wrote it. All what? The, well, that's what I was doing when I was typing, when I wasn't what? playing keyboards. I sold it to Miramax. The, the movie comes out next month. What? Listen, here's the trailer. Trailer? A man of faith who had lost all hope. If I can't find the right keyboard player, then we may as well shut this whole ministry down and throw it to the devil. And a musician from a foreign land with nothing to lose. I think I might be able to play this music for you. They could be the ones to shake the pillars of heaven. Well, Leonard? Well, yes, Pastor Ermine? You think we can take them all? I don't know. Me neither. Maybe with a little bit of faith. Hokey dokey. Alan Rickman and Keanu Reeves in a Jerry Bruckheimer production of... God's own. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent or adult guardian. Well, what do you think? I think I'm going to kill you now. Oh, then I'll start running. Hey, that was the end of the show. And uh, welcome back. uh, Welcome back to me. What? Huh? All right, that was Technical Difficulties. I've been your host, Kyan Chris Conroy, for uh, June 30th, 2006. And uh, I'm back from my, little, uh, from my little birthday sabbatical. I, just, uh, I had a fun birthday. I had a very, very fun birthday. Um, just uh, hung out with some friends, took a week off, you know, did that kind of birthday stuff for 38 years old, reconsidered my life, all the things I need to do with it, and top of the list, of course, is voice acting and technical difficulties, so you need not worry there. I would like to thank uh, Kenji Komino, who is in town, uh, for, uh, for joining, the, uh, joining the fun last night. He was here visiting, and, uh, and I asked him to, to lay down a little vocal track for me, which he did, very, very fortunately. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kenji. Dude, totally puke. Um, I also, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'd like to also apologize for anybody who um, has a problem with my show. I have, I'm planning here to move the show over to Fridays because just my schedule is a little all discombobulated lately, and it seems like Friday would be the best way to do it so that I get more stuff done during the week, and then Friday the show can go up, and I can clear my schedule at the beginning of the week so I have a little more time at the end of the week. The only problem is... I know that might screw up some fan schedule, so I'm planning on doing that unless there is an outcry from my fans as to not put the show up on Fridays. I mean, seriously, if you guys totally, if I'm totally deluged with email saying, no, for God's sake, not Friday, then I'll be happy to change the schedule on it. Uh, but uh, in lieu of that, uh, you know, I'm going to keep it on Friday. Just to see for now. You know, maybe I'll change it again in the future. I don't know. I hate to bump it around, I know, but I don't get paid to do this. and I need to I need to work my life around the show and not the other way around. Uh, other things, I'd like to thank all of you who sent me a nice happy birthday listing. You know who you are. Uh, but I did get two pieces of audio um, from people who wanted to say, and I'm sorry for the nasally. My voice is a little off today because I'm very nasal. I don't know why. I'm just very, very nasal. Um today and it's kind of and yesterday i don't know what it was maybe i smoked too much or something i don't know anyway i got two pieces of very nice little audio from fans uh kim dalliar and from uh uh, from from el nacho and i'm going to play both of those for you uh before i go the first one is from uh kim and and her friends uh david and terrence and here it is there are two ways of getting away from the police when you're innocent you can run thus risking the chance of being caught again and charged with resisting arrest 
or you can spend a few hours at the station explaining to the thickest retired boxer cops that you really are innocent, and you had a perfectly good reason to be at the jewellery store after hours, and that if you knew who your anonymous employer was, you'd have them call the bloody irritating cow so she could bail you out. So I was running. I could hear Lieutenant Murphy yelling behind me in the parking garage I'd just escaped. Ah, Murphy, there was a guy I wouldn't invite to my bachelor party, if ever I had the misfortune of being caught by a woman. He was my equal, save the fact that I was cleverer and dramatically more handsome than him. He was always trying to nail me for some crime or another. Could never do it, though, on account of my being much too quick for him. I saw a dark staircase and knew I could hide out at the end of it. Yeah, I knew this city like the back of my hand. Every alley, every building, every mole. This one mole owed me big. I knocked on the door at the top of the stairs, and it swung open. Suspicious. Jerry? I'd saved Jerry's life on two separate occasions. Once, he was running from his drug dealer who had suddenly decided to collect the $6,000 debt Jerry owed him early. The second time, I saved him drowning in his dishwater after he saw a cockroach and fainted. We didn't talk about that time. Jerry, it's me, Terence. I know who you are, you scum. I turned at the sound of the voice. It sounded like a bat going through a blender, high-pitched, and it made my head swell. It was my anonymous employer. He wasn't so anonymous now that I had her in front of me. I'd expected someone uglier. She was standing over Jerry, the gun still in hand. Jerry was dead. I guess he'd have to pay me back the favour in the next life, if I ever got there. So you're the one that sent me on the wild goose chase at the jewellery store. I knew you'd end up here. The swine of a gun-toting bitch said. That was it. I had a gun in my pocket. I could whip it out faster than my shadow on a day without smog, which was a damn lot faster than I anticipated her trigger finger to be. I could kill her and try to forget the 4,000 she still owed me, or I could let her kill me. Or I could pull an old trick out of my bag. You can't kill me. We haven't listened to the latest technical difficulties together yet. Ah, it works every time. Thank you, guys. That was really cool. I really liked that. You need to do a podcast. And boy, I wish I had your accent when I was trying to do that hideous Alan Rickman impersonation a little bit earlier on. Shit, I'm bad at my... i got to work on my British accent. I mean, just study that. Get that. I love that. Eh, whatever. I need to work on my British accent. Uh, anyway, uh, moving right along, here is a little bit from El Nacho that he sent me. It's a little promo piece that El Nacho did for me. I'd like to thank you. El Nacho! <laughs> hey, everybody. Guess who this is? Why? This here's El Nacho. I didn't give you much time to guess, but I didn't think many of you, <laughs> you know, out there are just going to sit there coming up with guesses. Say, Anywho, well, I've got a story for y'all. I don't, really, but I thought I'd just uh, leave, a, leave a thingy, a bumper for uh, Mr. Kyan Chris Conroy, because as advertised by me, he is the funniest man on the internet. And what do you do with the funniest man on the internet? You'll you'll listen to his shows and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. It's a great one. My only regret in this life is that I succumbed to my temptations and listened to every single one of his shows in the entire archive, uh, like um earlier. And so not only was I subjected to um uh to uh the funny guys um subconscious thing is but i was also um now i have no new no new technical difficulties material until until the next week and i feel sad maybe i can 
find a mind wipe. Anywho, I'm running a bit long here. You know, one thirty's a bit long for a seven second bumper, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't touch me there. Um, that's all. This is El Nacho saying bye to everybody. Stuff. Bye. Well, not for ah. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna press a stop button, okay? Uh. <laughs> oh, silly me. I forgot the bumper part. Hi, I'm El Nacho from ElNacho.com, and I have an Audi belly button, and you're listening to Con Chris Conroy and his podcast, Technical Difficulties. Adieu. Thank you, Notch. Anyway, like I said, thanks for everybody who sent me stuff or to uh, dropped me an email, and you can do so too by going over to techdiff at gmail.com. You can uh, leave uh, any sort of audio or any sort of uh, comments you want over there. You can send me some email, and I'll reply as swiftly as I possibly can, which anyone who knows me knows won't be very swiftly at all. That's not to say I'm, I, I'm not dissing anybody. I'm just real. I just, I'm so sucky. I'm get, trying to get better and better at trying to reply as quickly as possible. And I owe some people some packages. Rusty Bender, I'm package going out. Um, the, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, you can please go over to techdiff.com. Uh, you can leave a comment there on the comments page. I answer those, or at least I try to answer those, or at least I'll read them. I know you'll, what you'll send me, I will read. If you have any questions about the technical end of this stuff, people have been asking me lots of technical questions about my equipment and technique and stuff, and I'll be happy to share them with you. I really should probably just do a technique sharing show file thing or whatever. Um, check out Uncomfortable-Questions. That's my wife Susan's podcast. And occasionally check out, if you will, if you haven't subscribed, it's not updated very, very, you know, weekly or anything, uh, please check out channelsurfingwipeout.com. That's our video podcast. We put out video shoes. Hopefully we're going to be working on a new one of those this weekend. And uh, what else? Um, Nothing. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back again next week with a brand new show on Friday. Uh, And like I said, unless I get some typhoon of email saying no, no Fridays, please, God, no, no Fridays. But uh, thank you again, and uh, take care, you guys. And please keep listening, and please keep subscribing, and tell your friends. You're listening to Friday Follies. Jokes, laughs, and guffaws to tickle your funny bone on the Mutual Audio Network. Join us tomorrow morning on Mutual for Saturday Story Circle. Bring the kids, your coloring books, and crayons, and get the whole family into a great start to the day with audio cartoons. You can always subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of audio drama that fits your fancy. Or discover Saturday Story Circle in your favorite podcast players like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together. Together.